Hello and welcome. Uh, this is Drew Stories episode, or Drew Stories podcast, excuse me, episode 20. That is pretty good. Uh, I am Drew Brooks, and joining me today is a very special guest, uh, my good friend. Uh, you're lucky. You're lucky. My good friend Jason Palmer, aka Jay Palm. You know who gave me that nickname? No, I want to know who. You did. I- <laughs> like people That's call like- me that now, and you're the one who started it. It's great, man. Because I and was- I use it too. It's. To me, it's one of the greatest. I actually wanted to ask you um, if that was, if you were bummed out by that nickname, because I do remember using it a shit ton. No, it didn't bother me at all. Oh, great. Because I really, I loved walking in the room. For for those of you that don't know, Jason and I uh, got the pleasure of doing a lot of improv comedy together, but more importantly... uh, I got to call you J-Pom all the time. And I got to walk into rooms and go, J-Pom with a napalm. Especially if you said anything funny, you were J-Pom with a napalm. And that was a great, great thing for me. Because that is, uh, if you're lucky enough to get deemed a nickname, it's very it's very easy to give yourself a fucking nickname. But like yeah. to get fucking, you know, it's like, and not be like, hey, man, why are you poking fun at me or whatever? And no, it's it's out of, you know, kind of love and shit is that it's um, it's great when people are cool with it and it catches on. <laughs> but J-Palm is legendary. See, I, I hate nicknames usually, but for other people, like when other people have nicknames, I never call them nicknames. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I imagine a lot of them are sort of, I imagine a lot of nicknames have been canceled, pal. But... uh but at the same time, I, it's sort of confusing when nicknames become, like, legal names. So, like, there was a time when people were like, Becca is, like, literally someone's legal name instead of short for something. Right. And I always thought that was really weird. I think names are really particular. Like, it's it meaning, meaning like, it's, it's so... Now you have to be like, all right, let's see how it's spelled and let's figure it out together. But I do... I do uh, like your name is a very um, pronounceable name. It's like when you put a reservation in, you're not going to get a hassle. You you want to hear what's weird? What? Tell me what you think of this. <laughs> this is good already. I would say the very large majority of people I meet automatically call me by my last name, Palmer. It's a great last name. I'll meet I'll meet people like for instance, we had this Zoom call for work. Yeah. And my name popped up to this guy who I'd never met before, who had never heard of me, and yeah. immediately, like he was just calling out names of people who popped up. Yeah. And then I popped up, and he goes, "Palmer's here," huh? Just straight out, Isn't left out weird? my first name, and everyone does that. It, that's funny, man. Because for me, it only happened. Brooks used to get yelled at a lot in sports. I played organized sports, and it was always Brooks this and Brooks that, and I. It always whenever I hear it, it reminds me of sports. I'm just like, oh, what? And I feel like I have to do a lap. Yeah, something. I don't think I've ever called you Brooks. No, no. And when people do, and they kind of throw something in there, like Brooks Stone or whatever, I'm just like, man, you're fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? Here's a worry of mine. I'm a heavy breather. Am I gonna be like? <laughs> I just don't want people to be listening to this and just hear me going. <sighs> <sighs> I'd say a good. You know how they say a fist. That's usually okay. the proper distance you to the mic. Me to do this, huh? But also, like these are cool, man. They'll pick you up. They 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 do you solid. You don't need to worry about that at all. And, I, uh, and, and breathe on it, motherfucker. <laughs> I went to the doctor. Yeah. And I went to him six weeks ago. I gained fifteen pounds in six weeks. <laughs> that, that's funny to you. Yeah, why but, do you? Why? I feel like you're attacking me. Uh, no, I brought that up because I'm like my heavy breathing. I'm well. We talked about that because we were just talking about sleep and how I'm like not getting it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm like fond of sleep now. I'm like oh, I remember that. I remember getting that. That's oh man, that's cool. If I didn't have uh, I take trazodone. If I didn't have that, I would. Uh, I'd probably never sleep. That's what I mean. So like, there have been a couple of times where 
I've woken up recently. Let's get into it. Let's get personal. Let's get real. Let's involve everyone in it. Everybody's got their issues. Um, there have been a couple of times where I've just straight up woken up in the middle of the fucking night and not and given up. And this rarely happens. And given up on trying to go back to bed. Like given up on it. Just been like, you know what? Ah. And what I have to do now is I have to do a really shitty task that I find very mundane, like dishes or something like that. And it'll make me like, oh, I'm fucking exhausted. It'll what? trick me into being like, you're exhausted, man. Go to go to bed. And then I'll go back to bed eventually. It's really fucked up. <laughs> like what time of night you talk? Like fucking early in the morning. Like fucking, you know, I don't want to say an hour because you're going to worry about me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, could, I could sleep all day, man. I That's love what... it. I love doing it. And I, I, sometimes I catch myself... And I'll just be in in a nice cloud and just enjoying it and knowing the morning is passing. And some of those, I, I cherish that. That is like a fine Himalayan salt, brother. You understand what I'm saying? I think so. Dude, I was just... Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure I've had Himalayan salt, but I imagine... I can imagine what it does to things. <laughs> you know, when you got them refined salts, dude, them really fancy salts, they're, they're like, don't use that one. Use the shitty salt first. <laughs> Save my uh, fancy salt or my truffle salt or whatever. Um, the truffle business. There's got to be an end to it somewhere. It's, uh, what do it's you all think bullshit. It? It's a bullshit, right? You've see, have you seen those investigative reports? Is it really? Yeah. I fucking knew it. No, I haven't seen well, any. you're late to the game on these. <laughs> I was always suspicious. Now, I'm probably wrong about a lot of stuff. Truffles has been sus since day one. A real truffle, it has the age. I'm probably so wrong. <laughs> it's okay, man. It has the age. The, nobody comes months. here for facts, bro. <laughs> Nobody's a, come here for facts. And then pigs sniff them out when they're ready, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But some people who do truffles outside of France, because France is where truffles oh hell yeah that's a, i think that might be their birthplace yeah that's that's the word i'm looking for yeah and they'll just plant them and just randomly dig them up Ooh. and they're like it's not a real truffle if if a pig hasn't sniffed it out are you kidding me that is a scam I, i've got to tell you man it's like miraculous how much we talk about scams on this thing but and if it says uh Product That's, of France? Yeah. That doesn't mean it's from France. Because it, you remember, okay, so this brings me back to an investigative piece I saw on like 60 Minutes way back in the day about olive oil being heavily suspect. So they were going and being like, yeah, so we wanted to look into olive oil, right? It was like, you know, back when it was just guys in glasses and mustaches just like, how oh, wow. And so they did, man. It was like Morley Schaefer abroad. In Italy, being like, what's this all about? And he found out there was so much relabeling of uh, olive oil uh, that was just like they were just doing regular ass olive oil in like a fucking Michigan plant and like being like extroversion made in Italy. Kind of like, I think what happened is that there was probably a huge boom in artisan foods. Right. Don't you feel, I mean, maybe I'm talking out of my, because I always do on this, but... It felt like, I would say the late 80s, early 90s became, there was this burgeoning market yeah. of like fancy food. Yeah, I would agree. And it was like the rarer, the people would come from I, home I don't from remember trips. Going, I don't remember shopping as a kid and having like choices of exactly different meats. No. <laughs> there was just bologna. Yeah. No, but, 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 but in all sincerity... I felt like, you know, part of like, I'd see people come home from a trip and be like, oh, we got this cheese or whatever. And you'd be like, oh, shit. And now you can get that cheese yeah. anywhere. Right. So like there, I felt like that got blown out. But I also felt like in the process of it getting blown out, which I feel like some of the pot shit right now, but like a process of it getting blown out, you got to got a lot of guys relabeling shit. You know what I mean? Like being like. Uh, just give me the olive oil, but like, don't, it's not from Italy. You know what I mean? But put on the can. I think they got a lot oh, a yeah, away sure. with a lot of that before, like, you know, and that, that truffle shit, that's hilarious because I would like to catch a motherfucker <laughs> planning. <laughs> Why are you digging that up, bitch? Didn't you just put that there? <laughs> oh, now you want to take it away? Oh, you think you know when that's ripe without a Yeah. Pig? Where are you from? Where you show me your papers? You know, like that shit, man. It was just, it's, it's awesome. But I remember a guy who I used to know, 
used to smuggle insects into the country of America. Live ones? Yeah. That was his thing. Like exotic shit and that to, people... To sell them. Yeah. And people want them all over the place. Would he smuggle them through on a plane? No, he would fucking somehow like, so get like somebody like in Costa the truck. Rica or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it was like, it was like, yeah, it was like exotic insects and gross shit. And I remember being like, he was like, hey, come by the spot if you're ever in the area. And I was like, all right, I'll go by the spot. And I remember going into the spot and immediately getting the chills because it was like scorpions and tarantulas and there's like a fucking death cobra and like all the really scary shit was... Oh, have you ever seen this show? I have a friend who's really into insects and he used to have a show, a TV show where he showed insects. And I've seen him times where he's like, oh, check it out. This just came for me in the mail. And he opens a box and there's like a fucking spider in the box. That'll make me instantly throw up. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, hey, they just mailed him a live spider in a box and things crawling on him. He probably got it from my buddy. So, and yeah, I just remember he was, he was, he his whole racket, man. And the fucking funniest thing about it is he was, he was a kind man, but in no way did I ever think he was actually into them. Like he, you know how you meet a reptile guy and you're like, you're a reptile. Guy. Yeah. That's how my friend is. Yeah. You're like, of course you're a reptile guy. You know, those guys. Cause you're like, woof, it takes a lot to be a reptile guy. So who was he selling them to? Just fancy people, I think. People who just wanted... Who wanted, like, like fancy rare shit. There's always a market for anything, right? Come yep. on, man. There's always a market for... I feel like that's what's so funny about, like... We were just talking about those digital baseball cards or digital sports cards. You know how they're doing that thing, right? Yeah. NFT yeah. stuff? Yeah, where you're, like, buying, like, a clip. You weren't impressed by that? <laughs> the new NFT? I don't know shit. I knew NFT. I, I, I was impressed by that because I don't know what the non, fuck you're talking about. Oh, you don't? That's what they're uh-uh. called. They're called like... Non-trading? Uh, this might be the most <laughs> uh, falsehood-ridden podcast <laughs> you've ever had. That's all they are. Non- <laughs> what are you talking about? This is my livelihood. Non-fungial uh, tokens? Yeah. That's yeah. what they're called. So, Kings of Leon, you like them? I do. I think they're pretty great guys. So I guess. I don't know. I like ones, their music, I guess. They're the first ones putting out an NFT album, which I still am not quite sure how that yeah, works. Yeah, I'm like, what does that mean? So, like, I don't know. You're buying the rights to buy that album, and that album is exclusive to you somehow? Well, I think the ownership thing is very interesting because it, it, it opens a door that I was like, oh, that... That is a compelling thing because after time, we're not going to give a shit about like material items. We're really going to care about care about our virtual items. Yeah. And we're going to show you how old our virtual items are. We got the first virtual items because just like Bitcoin, it's like we got the first non-money fake money. What did you call it? NT- NFT. NFT. Non-fungal token, something like that. So it's like... I guess what I'm trying to say is like I get I see the marketplace for owning digital assets, but yeah. also digital collecting of anything. Right. So and then I, it made me think about so many other things. Like it made me think of like movie famous movies like The Godfather, and like how you could own the Sonny Corleone speech where he's like, "Hey, you you blowing fucking brains right. all over your nice Ivy League suit or whatever." Right, right. And it's like you own that clip of James Caan yelling at. Al Pacino and you can watch it anytime you want it was 35 cents and that would be pretty wild but it, it kind of makes sense to me to have like a moment in history too as a motion clip do you know what I mean like uh, like LeBron dunking yeah so you, that's that's it's yeah that's what they're doing right yeah you should grab one I think you should I was thinking just about as it. a you know so we can then, look back on it so like the num- the 23rd one of LeBron went for much higher because it's the 23rd stamped See, token of this LeBron clip, and he's 23. Oh, shit. So that one is more valuable than the rest. I love it. It's like making... It's the, To me, it reminds me, uh, in my, my very infantile mind, but it reminds me of modern art and, and the art market in general, where it's like, we deem this worth $700 million. Right. And it's like, yeah... It's great, <laughs> but you just deemed it worth way more than I thought you would. Do you know what I mean? Like things like that. I just think that I, I think I can that, see you doing this in the actual sales. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's cool, man. <laughs> and it is cool. 
Um, yeah, let's get back on the negotiation table, bro. But um, yeah, man, I, I just think that uh, I see, I, I really do see into it, but I don't see a place where I'm enticed yet. Okay? Not like everybody's waiting at the edge of their seats to know that, but I'm going to tell you that. And I feel like... What would entice you, you think? Video game shit? That's a really quick... Oh, that's a really great... No, it probably have to be music related. I feel like music memorabilia is much more down my alley. Like, you show me, like, if it's like a... You should get that Kings of Leon album. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that... Because it's it's pro- that's probably going to become the norm. Maybe, but also remember when, like, Radiohead was like, pay what you want. And, like, right. and then and then U2 was like, here's our album. You got it. You have to listen <laughs> to it. Um, but also, uh, I think there have been many ways of marketing... And they know now that the music industry is not really making money on album sales. So, and and, and they've tried to package <clears throat> albums, great albums, legendary albums, in so many different ways, in so many different gift boxes, with so many yeah. different funny things and like ways that they've shaped the box. And it's like still <laughs> people are like, nah, dude, I'm just getting the Spotify and call it a quits. So I see that, but I also see like, you can you can really tell that the people that have held on to stuff are going to be the real breadwinners. Like <clears throat> all this stuff is going to be like I think there's going to be a real market for like co- like tangible stuff as well. Yeah, just like classic memorabilia stuff. Like the dude, a guitar alone is like amazing to me. Yeah, what was it? I think it was wasn't our friend Matt Noonan. He was talking about. Someone who bought like Pokemon cards and never opened them, and yeah. now they're worth tons. Which is so cool. I mean, I have like sports cards, but I'm pro- I'm, I'm almost certain they ain't worth shit. My friend has gotten really back into sports card boom that's happening right now. Uh, I was asking why is this happening right now, and he said he thinks because of COVID, because people are just stuck at home, so they've gotten back into collecting baseball cards. Is that true? I think to me, we've gotten to the point where I just think people want the excitement of nostalgia coupled with, I think it could be anything. It could be retro shit in some other capacity. It could be vinyl. It could be this. It could be that. It doesn't surprise me at all that it's that, to be honest. Because like a Jordan rookie card just sold for millions, like a mint rookie card. Yeah, and it's like we saw, well, I guess this is might be aging me, but like I saw the boom and the crash. Like I remember my, my this, this is crazy, but like my, a person in my family owned a baseball card shop because like I'm from New England. It was like very, like everybody right. was into baseball. Like everybody right. had a baseball card collection. And so. Everybody had a baseball card shop. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> it was, honestly, it was like every, you could throw a stone. And, and so uh, I just remember like. And that and comic books. And they both crashed. Uh, comic books was surprising. Because that shit seems amazing. Did you ever collect comic books? No, but my I just sold these comic books. My dad had these. Oh, God. Is this some treasure shit? No. Well, oh. no. My dad had these comic books that he bought. They were all Walt Disney comics that he bought when he was a kid. Far out. He read them once, put them in a box. Yeah. And... Uh, Never touched them again, even forgot about them. And so probably like 20 years ago, I was going through the basement. There was all these like Disney comics that were awesome. And so like Donald Duck and the Adventures. Yeah, exactly. Donald Duck and Mr. Scrooge. I had those shits too. Yeah. And I I looked through and I looked up the ones. This was like even before we're using the internet. So I had to go buy one of those books. Yeah. Oh, to look it up the prices. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, the ones that were worth like 20 bucks or more, I like put them in packaging Ooh, the little like sneaky cases those like slithery slimy cases that really do like i remember i did the same thing because i bought i used to collect like a bunch of well daredevil before you know that was ruined it's a franchise but i just sold them you right now (laughs) like no like (laughs) a few months ago no shit so i was like these things have always been sitting in my closet and Did you so, make a grip? <laughs> here's <laughs> here's the thing. I would look these things up, and they would okay. say like, "Oh, this one's worth eighty bucks." Like I had a bunch that said they were worth like 
you know, 40, 50 bucks. That's crazy. But the thing is, there's no market for them. Huh. People aren't like really collecting Dis- old Disney comics. Yeah, it is specific now. You know that. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're aware. It's like strange independent comics are like, they got heat. Like you have some like wackadoodle Watchmen bullshit. People love that shit. <clears throat> so it's become like a little cultish. And to be honest, it makes sense. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if those make those don't make a sweeping comeback. Well, because- I sold them all for two hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs> I put an ad on Craigslist. I was like, "What am I going to do with these?" I was thinking of getting them raided. You probably made somebody really happy. I'm I'm telling you this from my I, just from like what you've told me and how obsessed I am with yeah. comics. I think you. Made I think somebody. I did, which was worth it enough. Because these things were, I was carrying these around with me for like 20 years in a box. Damn, dude. You created a charity in the COVID, bro. And then, so I put this ad on Craigslist, right? <laughs> yeah. And I got one response. And I sold it to the very first guy who responded. He drove Amen. up from Anaheim. And he was. Anaheim, huh? and That's where all the collectors are. Anaheim. It is. It is. It's <laughs> down there. Well, I've realized like, I mean, in my hunting games, Torrance was a fucking hotbed. I might be blowing up the spot, but it's, city of industry. It's it. They just, I found so many so many cool things in Torrance, uh, meaning like records and stuff like that. Like they but, just had such cool shit. But anyway, go ahead. This, so this guy, guy came up, up. Yeah. Literally came up right away. Like he was at my house forty five minutes after I posted this ad. Damn, you stoked his ass. And he seemed like an honest dude. Not that I'm the best judge of character because I'm not. Yeah, you're and I was like, me, I was like, what's a f- just give me a fair price for these? I was like, I want them to go to someone who's going to appreciate them. I love this. You're such a good dude. And he was like, because on the Craigslist ad, I put two hundred bucks, and he was like, honestly, he's like, uh, two hundred probably seems fair for these. He's like, and he was explaining, he was really into collecting. He's like, there's just not a market for these. He's like, you could try and sell them individually, but there's just not a market for like old school. Disney comics, yeah. And then, so I sold them for 200 bucks. Then I went back to my computer, <laughs> and there were dozens of offers. And people like, I've been looking for these my whole life. I'm not kidding. There was one guy who was like, oh, my God. He's like, since I was a kid, I wanted to own, like, a pristine. Literally, this would bring back my childhood. Yeah. And it would was, change things forever. There was and people, like, just not like I'm interested. As you hear his Honda peel off. <laughs> he was. He did have a Honda. Of course, he did. And uh, a guy like that's gonna drive a sensible vehicle. But bro. there was literally a lot where it wasn't just like I'm interested. It was like a paragraph trying to sell me on why I should sell it to them. <laughs> and as I got your way, I was like, maybe I could have gotten a lot more. I've had a couple of those things, man. I sold a soccer ball a long time ago for a hell of money. <laughs> it's true. I didn't even realize what, what was I so had. Special about? I got a bunch of Adidas dead stock. Like I got. A, I I just like this guy was getting rid of Adidas shit, and he was like, get it out of my shit. And I was like, okay. And so I just made him some lump sum offer and got a bunch of weird shit like water bottles, bullshit, soccer bottles, hats, nonsense, track suits, which were fire. But, and I still have to this very day. But, track suits? I said, I believe it. Yeah. You look like a tracksuit. <laughs> I do. I do. I was like, Guy Ritchie was hot at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm wearing tracksuits. Anyway, um, the, the point being, I just listed this, uh, this, soccer ball without blinking an eye thinking I would get 20 bucks for it and it went for a hell a lot more than that where'd you list it eBay and it what was so special about it it was a fucking world uh world cup ball for Italy it was an Italian world cup ball that like a guy from Italy was like yo dude like I won this fucking auction and I'm fucking thrilled and I, I thought, I was like, he's not going to pay me. <laughs> I thought for sure he wasn't going to pay me. And he paid real quick. And it was like, I all of a sudden got a sense of it. I looked up the fucking ball and realized it, it hadn't been inflated or anything. It was absolutely mint. Oh, I got Yeah, you. so it was like this relic from a fucking World Cup that probably meant oh. so much to this dude. And you don't realize that merchandise does that to people where they're yeah. like, that's the one for me. It's like, Kaposh, catching the fucking, you know, World Series fucking Barry Bonds shit. When I was growing up, 
and the Olympics were here in 84. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I 84 these, Olympics. I Everybody these... in Los Angeles talks about the 84 <laughs> Olympics. It's like, I missed the boat. Go Me ahead. Too. I'm sorry. And I had these pins. I oh, love yeah, these pins. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now they're, I don't know where they are, but now they're worth tons of money. Can I tell you something, man? It's funny. So uh, you, you, you're an Angelino through and through. Is I that guess, fair to say? Well, I grew up, I grew up inland in Diamond Bar. So people who are from like one guy at a bar tried to start a fight with me. <laughs> that makes like, sense. Our friend Matt Nuna was with me. Just came up to me. He's like, where are you from, man? Damn. I said, I'm from here. He said, where about? <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, Inland Diamond Bar. He said, that ain't from here, man. Whoa. He said, uh, I'm from Santa Monica. <laughs> Santa Monica, 17th Street. So oh, to that guy, I'm not from here. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's interesting where you you find localism, but it's really, really, it's hot. It's a hotbed of localism in California, I'll tell you that. I, I grew up in L.A. County. Yeah. Cruised the Sunset Strip when I was 13 years old. So it must have blown your fucking mind. Yeah. Because, like, at, at, at that age, at that time, this is, this but you is didn't know guns I, and roses, bro. But you didn't, you didn't realize it at that time. You know, you look back now. Really? 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 You weren't like, oh, shit. The one thing I was into, to be honest, was back then, Sunset Boulevard was just filled. It was like being in a strip club. It was just filled with prostitutes in like full lingerie, walking back and forth on the streets, standing on street corners. As on far sunset. As I could see, yes. Far it was like out. the stuff you see in like old movies. I know. There's like there's like uh, grindhouse movies like that. Yeah, and it was it's true. That's how it was. And so as Dude, a 13 year old kid sitting crazy. in the back seat while my older brother's driving, that was like We're I was just like, being like, whoa. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. These ladies of the night are in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, dude. I, I I I feel you on that. Like it 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 already like when I got here, it was pretty wild. Like it still had a sense of like it was like a mess. It was like a it was like a especially on the weekends, it was carnage, bro. You had to just go into the storm and be like, Run up you just had to get into it. Right. Um but at the same time, it I could see it dying. <laughs> I hate to say now this. And when you say it, what are you referring to? The strip. The strip. I saw it on its last legs. It's already kind of dead, right? Oh, it's been because even the early two thousands. No it was disrespect still a place and I know. I don't want to disrespect like anybody from here that like loves that area because like I love that area. That's me like too. my favorite. It's one of my favorite of spots and like I also just know that like things bounce back and they they come through cycles so it's like but I want to be realistic about it. It's like I've never seen it worse if I can yeah. say that. I don't think I've seen it worse than it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like as I'm not being an uh, I'm not um just taking a dump on it. What I'm doing is I'm saying like it's I have I have a very great fondness for the Sunset Strip and what it represents, and the dream it represents, and the, the I I am a I'm, I'm like like I think what we can both agree on is like I, you know rock and roll is pretty cool and like that kind of was a mecca right for a hot minute. I still remember. Oh shit! When that's all. Drop it on me. When baby. all you did was cruise Sunset. That's all you did. That's what I'm saying. Just Cruising's gonna die, right? Don't you it's think? Done. That's yeah, done cruising while, is right? done, right? Just back. And I know, like, Van Nuys Boulevard was like that in the 70s, they say. Everyone mm. in the valley just cruised up and down Van Nuys Boulevard. Dude, my man, Tommy, shout out, Tommy, is this valley guru. He is. He's the goddamn Rick Rubin of the valley. Right. And this cat has managed to get, you know, collect things from uh, that era of cruising and, like, L.A. at its finest, man, because it was kind of flexing. It was like... I knew being from a different area that was clustered up in a city and there were skyscrapers and stuff like that. When I came out here, that was a big scene. And I had, I remember seeing this movie, American Graffiti. Do you know anything? You know, about? I've never... I know American Graffiti, okay. but I've actually never watched it. Well, in it, there's cruising. And I didn't really under... Well, I saw that movie before I understood cruising. So I didn't quite understand. I was like, why is everybody in a fucking car? Yeah, man, it was the best. You would just... Cruise up and down. And it's everything. A lot of fights would happen. A lot of fights. Uh, but a lot of flexing and a lot of like, yeah. you see it in Days to Confuse, and I think it happens in hot areas, whether it's yeah. like Florida or Texas, the South. Yeah. Uh, LA is a great one, or Southern California. But it, was, it didn't happen where I was from. 
There was no there was no cruising where I was from, unfortunately. I wish there was because it was so cool. Yeah, you're right. It's probably in the more the warmer temperatures. But yeah, I just I didn't know. see it. I remember cruising on Sunset Strip and still the time of the hair bands and yes. everyone had their hair sprayed hair. See, I didn't see that. I think I caught the tail end. I was coming. I popped in and out like in the nineties, which was really fun, just for a hot minute. And I saw this place bubbling, man. Like a lot of like grungy stuff happening. A lot of people yeah. just looking grungy, but not being grungy, which was a trip because it's like you know, it's like everybody's just wearing a band T-shirt. Like I remember when uh, Adam Duritz of County Crows he used to bartend that the Viper Room. Wow! Like on like Fridays. So you'd yeah. go in there on Fridays and Adam Dirt would just be serving you a drink. Slanging drinks. Man, there was a time, bro, where like the, I just feel like there's, that's just, there's, I mean, maybe there's going to be a revival of that. That would be crazy. But it's, it's, what's dead is live music, right? I think so. I think it's, we're going to struggle to figure out what the but definition of that is next. That's why Sunset's dead because live music is like dead. And that's all Sunset was. Ooh, interesting. That is really smart because I just didn't realize that's very true. It was a ton of live music venues, whether it was like a shitty one or a good one. It didn't really matter. I remember the House of Blues. Remember that? Yeah. And it, it, I remember when the House of Blues opened. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> it was a massive thing. Yeah. Like everybody played. I, I went to a ton of shows there and it was corny and it felt a little corporate. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you yeah, you were on board, yeah. and and I was on board, and I thought I was like, oh, it's kind of nice to like trade out a shithole for like a fucking nice restroom every once in a while. But as far as venues go, it was like, oh shit, this is like where Sunset's getting like crazy. It was like Planet Hollywood and all yeah. this stuff. And I I honestly when when when, when they built House of Blues, that began like the second boom. I think of yes. Sunset Strip. Suddenly stuff started popping up everywhere, and it was like it became like fancy. Yeah, it became like fancy appetizers and shit. Like you, you, it wasn't just rock venues and stuff. It became kind of like I said, corporate. It felt it felt like you get mozzarella sticks yeah. before the fucking you know band would get on stage. No, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, and it you was could. yeah, and you could. And, but uh, I think maybe that might be part of the the sort of sadness of it. You know, live music it, it, it's being redefined as we speak, right? I feel like we're right in the middle of that transition. Meaning like what deems something live and all of this, you know, right. it's like it's happening. People are, did you, uh, have you tuned into any live concerts on YouTube and stuff? I haven't. It's a weird question, but we've been no, alone no, no. for a long time. I just time. watched Sylvanesso do, it wasn't a live concert, but it was a replay of one of their live concerts yeah. on YouTube. And then I paid... Oh, get into it. Get into <laughs> it. So I paid fans, to watch fans. on nugs.net. You ever gone on there? No, what's that? I should have. It's I like don't know. A, no, I haven't. It's, it's, Seems like my kind of branding. If you want to hear like old shows, concerts or something, they're on nugs.net. And okay. then but like fully licensed on there, I believe. Oh, okay. So I paid to watch a a Pearl Jam show I was at. They're like we're exclu- we're exclusively streaming this for a week. For 15 bucks. Whoa, no way. So for the next week, you can watch us if you want to pay 15 bucks. It was a concert I'd been at. It was all professionally shot. So I paid 15 bucks to watch it. Got drunk in my house. <laughs> watching Pearl I've Jam on this. my TV. I've done this. I was a good time. It, well, I feel like I've done it enough. Uh, we were talking about getting fucked up and watching some live television footage but of... Why were you asking me that? There was a reason you were asking me. Yeah, I did want to ask you that because... What I wanted to ask you is, do you see a future in that being i I'll pay five dollars to see my favorite band in a room play live a set that they haven't done ever before? Yeah, for sure. For fucking absolutely sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. it's already happening. So that's what I'm saying. So there's going to be a really strong push towards that and like a hybrid of it, right? Like, so whatever the new version of going out is. You should get on that nugs.net. Okay. Like you could download it as an app on your TV. But there's it's already happening. There's tons of bands giving like where you could stream their live performances. For I just sound like an ancient person, don't I? Yeah, we both do. <laughs> we we are. But but 
also like you see the the, the like I said, like it's the, it's the market is there where you're like, oh great, I don't have to, you know, say for instance you're outside of the city, right? You want to come to L.A., you want to go to the Forum or something like that, see fucking Stevie Nicks or whatever. You got to drive a fucking hour and a half there, hour and a half back. You're having a couple of old fucking boys when you're there. So now it's a fucking Uber and that's 75 both ways. Or you're maybe you're staying at a hotel. I don't know, but it's a lot. And now you just go boom and they're doing a set. Yeah. And you're like, this is rocking. I could have. It was the view was better than when I was there on the team. That's what I wanted to say is so I've watched a couple of I think this is what I wanted to get into is that I've watched a couple where I was like the experience of of what I watched versus what I went to versus a tour that I remember because I know right. you're an avid you're a music listener and an mm-hmm. avid uh live concert venue fan you've yeah and i want to get to one particular story before you leave okay you know which one i'm talking about no i don't bullshit man which one look man we're gonna have to get real about it but it's 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 a one where you are paparazzoed and and the photo evidence of it oh that one is amazing, and we have to end it with you putting your phone up of that photo. Oh, shit, I hope I have it. You better fucking have that photo. I want you to tell that story. I, think I do, and I want you to show that photo because this is what this fucking podcast is all <laughs> goddamn about. This yeah. sensational shit. No, it's just a great story, and I think you guys will love it. But anyway, going back to what we were saying before, just yeah, load it up and figure it out. But uh, I'll I'll fill in the fucking gap here. But what I was saying is, here it is. Okay, good. Um, and, and I'm glad we went in the direction of music because I, I just feel like it was such a big portion of a lot of people's lives to go and enjoy yeah. their favorite bands mm-hmm. and like literally rely on it. Like, oh, well, I got to get through this work week, but it's worth it because on Jan- in January, I'm seeing X, Y, and Z at the fucking Palladium mm-hmm. or whatever. And I remember having the feeling of being like, what a relief. I know I'm going to hit that concert. And it's yeah. going to be epic. Yeah. And a lot of times it was fucking epic. Yeah. A great deal of times. And I remember sure. I can name a bunch and you have a, a, a very similar story to tell. But what I'm saying is like, okay, there are a lot of times where I think to myself, oh, that wasn't that great. Or I, I spent a lot of dolo. And like barely got a fucking side angle on fucking Tom York's face or some shit right. where I'm like, what the fuck is it? Right. Like, <laughs> so I've had so many experiences in that realm too, where it's just been like chaos and like, like if anybody knows like some like the bowl, man, but like driving out of the bowl was like its own fucking, like you had to be like just fucking Zen garden with fucking Rick Rudin, just Zen garden. You know, the bro. craziest concert I ever attended. What's that? Was uh, Pearl Jam in Mexico City? They what? don't play around there, man. They don't. No. They what does don't. that mean? What does that mean? Is so we wait in line for sixteen. It's, it means you'll be standing there, and a guy's gonna come and put his elbow in your face and try to physically shove you out of your spot. Wow. That's what I mean. And they, so we stood in line for That's sixteen so hours to crazy. get right up front on yeah. the rail. Yeah. And it was crowded. And you look behind, and the. the the crowd isn't broken up, you know, here, like they'll have a gate midway back. To of course. Yeah. 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 When they're so, trying to manage it. Yeah. But when they don't manage it, it was just 75,000 people behind you. We were right up front on the hands on the rail. You looking back and you're like, this isn't too bad. And then when they came on stage, it just broke. Yeah. And the whole concert was people getting pulled out left and right, left and right, left. <sighs> and, right. and there was a couple times. So I had to get behind my wife and we were like so smashed. I had to get behind my wife and do this, so she's here, within my between my arms, and just do this to keep hold people them off. off. Yeah, yeah, the whole night. So I almost couldn't even enjoy the concert. Good grief! But man. it was, uh, yeah. People don't care. They just like they just walk right up, and just try to. I've had similar things, especially doing the festival thing back in the day, like. The, especially like the little weedy festivals that I went to, the little smoke out jams where they had like biohazard or something. And then they had like a giant pit of psychos just going fucking absolutely crazy in the middle of the fucking thing. So you couldn't get the rail. 
Like you wouldn't yeah. want the rail, or otherwise you were just caught in a tornado, psychopath. See, can I tell you something? Yeah, what's up, man? I always thought, always thought being on the rail would be the worst, but it's the best. Okay. Being a few back from the rail kind of <laughs> sucks. Yeah. But if you're right on the rail, I guess so, man. Because it's like people stop pushing at a certain point. Right. They know they're up front. Yes, and yeah. they stop pushing around right before the rail can't believe we're talking about human beings but it feels like cattle they see the rail there and they stop pushing so if you're a friend at a concert on the rail yeah you have so much room because people have like stopped pushing at that point yeah but like what you have to do and god respect to you and i haven't done it that much in my life as a Uh as a live music goer only a few times when i really wanted to see them yeah um there's been a couple of them but you got to post up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And kick it, bro. Like I'm talking about sneakerhead oh, yeah. waiting around the block for a pair of Jordans. Like You got to yeah. kick it. Those guys at Pearl Jam shows, they line up four days in advance. They're on a tent on the street. Yeah, you ain't going to catch your boy. And, you ain't going to catch your boy doing uh, that. See, to me, it's worth it. I would do that. Uh, see, but no, that's what I'm I'm trying to say is that like, I like the, ju- the frontier justice of I think it's worth it. I pay the price. I know what I'm getting into. It, it, to me, it's worth posting up or tenting. It, 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 to me, it, it, it's fair. It seems fair that yeah. way. I really don't like it when they suddenly make new spaces at venues that are suddenly just only boxes for the right. elite. With all due respect, and uh, my heart goes out to you people, but like it's like really obnoxious sometimes. Because yeah. you're like, oh, wow, you just like, you're just taking that fun away from people. There is like, there is something fun about waiting in line and oh, like I know camaraderie because right before our generation, right, was a generation of like, you had to go to Ticketmaster and wait at the window and like, there was yeah. no online sales and like no. these guys would sleep out in front of a Tower Records, bro. Yeah, to get tickets yeah, yeah, yeah. to Elton John or whatever, and like we don't know what that's like. I mean, we had our own version of it, I guess, which was Ticketmaster. I think like the teleservice which i think i used more than anything else i don't know about you like early on like when i was yeah, a kid yeah, yeah yeah and then obviously the internet but it things have i always talk about these things but things have been adjusted accordingly but i do think that the live experience is going to go through a kind of like transformation right yeah like like meaning like i do feel <laughs> i do feel like thinking back on live entertainment there have been a few times where I've questioned the the ethical situation that has been arranged by, say, event owners or uh, promoters or something like that, where you're like, wow, you either underthought this, overthought it, or like barely thought about it at all. And like, you're talking because of like safety and. Yeah, I've just been to a lot of like silly raves and shit yeah. as a kid that were like crazy, like underprepared or like. Uh, or it didn't have bathrooms, so just people just went nuts, and yeah. it's just like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. But like, I mean, that I guess we can look back fondly as a different era. I never had that. Experience. I didn't start going to to like festivals and stuff till my thirties. So that, that, that's I didn't go to festivals in the nineties, so that's oh, when I feel like see, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's like, where I feel like a lot of people yeah. were like, I let's just say I feel like a lot of people were learning. I was scared to go to those festivals in the 90s. I That's mean, what I was I'm like, saying, dude. I was like, I don't want to go to that thing. Because even be now... dirty and thirsty all day. It was it was a lot, man. And especially as a kid that was barely... Underst- like, dude, I couldn't even pack a fucking lunch. I was a dummy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you really think underprepared is underprepared? No, that's yeah. underprepared. Yeah. That was stupidity. And so I see it in a lot of... And I and I reminisce <laughs> a little bit about it. Is this it. supposed to be leading up to my story? Yes. <laughs> That was stupidity. Anyway, <laughs> tell your story. Speaking of which, um, no, but you do have a fantastic story, and I'd like you to tell it if you don't mind, please. No. Um, I but just hope we didn't build it up too much. I don't think so. I think that you know we've got a nice rhythm, and let's just keep focused on the drums here. But my point being, you had a concert experience, and that con- concert experience, let's paint it the way that I see it, with my, my brush. Was it? It went unexpectedly in a direction that you just didn't see coming, and so could you lead me into it? 
Yeah, my buddy. Tell me what concert it was, my, what day okay. it was. Like, give me, give me facts. My, my buddy, there was this. So there's this group. I don't know, Desert Hearts. You know, it's kind of like a Burning Man kind of group. I think. All right, don't. People, hey, man, don't be shy. And uh, and then they were putting on this weekend festival, City Hearts. That was like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday festival. Okay. And a good friend of mine. Shout out to him. He up, he buddy? went Friday and Saturday. And then he texted me. He's like, hey, uh, I got an extra ticket. You want to go with me to this thing? Yeah. And uh, he's like, no one else wants to go back. Like, they're, like, exhausted. Right. And it was, like, Sunday. So it was, like, the kind of the quietest day. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And then uh, he's like, it's, you know, it was, like, DJ music. <laughs> it probably sounds so old. Like <laughs> it was, like, DJ music. And uh, so it's that kind of festival, you know. And, uh, were were there high profile DJs there? I don't know. I don't think so. I okay. mean, maybe in the DJ world, I think. <laughs> but like, it's it wasn't like these, you know, these people who like perform in Vegas and stuff. It wasn't like that. Okay. And I, uh, I think I'm gathering an. It was at a park right across from Union Station. Oh yeah, Pershing Square, right? It wasn't Pershing Square, but oh. there's some other park there. So we went, and it was fun, man. We were having a good time. I was dressed like it was Burning Man, <laughs> and you could just assume what that looks like. And then, uh, hey, man, some people wear it well. Some people, hey, man. We uh, we decided we were going to do acid. I love that. And which which uh, I'm had you done it before? With? Okay, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. you you'd had some experiences. This isn't your first. No. Um, okay, go on. And then my, f- I remember right, my friend was like, these are pretty strong. <laughs> you should probably take half. Was it, what kind of acid, do you mind me asking? Was it like um, paper? Or yeah, like, it was a yeah, tab. Okay, okay. Um, And uh, go on. <laughs> we were at this, we were at this concert and I was having the time of my life. <laughs> I'm sure you were. I was sitting there and then uh, this was my downfall. And then it started to get dark. I usually bring a camel back when I go to those things, and I didn't hear, and that was out of water. Okay. And then uh, I was thinking in my head, I should go get water. I should go get water. <laughs> and then at peak level of acidness, just <laughs> perfect. I say to my friend, "Hey, you still got that joint?" Oh, well done. And he says, "Yeah." Yeah. So now I'm kind of dehydrated. You're on zooted on acid. And we and now share a big... Fat fa- pre-roll. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it rocking, man. And then I remember stuff started kind of getting... Is it house music playing? I just want to fill yeah, in the atmosphere. I don't even really know what house music is, so I can... It's I the four on the floor, bro. The fomp, fomp, fomp. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Was- so just imagine this, if you're with us, imagine Jason in the throes of a heavy, deep house track. Go ahead. And I remember it started getting, I was so far gone, man. I was on Mars. I remember it started getting like to the point where you laughing was like this. Ah, you ever had that happen? Yes, yes, yes. Where audio gets all twisted up. And I was just like, like part of me was almost getting scared. Like I am fucked up. Yeah. But then I was like, I just let myself go. I was like, I'm just going to fucking enjoy this. I fucking love that. And then I was just so into this thing. And then... <laughs> You f- you went into it. You leaned into it, which I yeah. Loved. I leaned into it. Like I was like, I'm gonna like accept all of this, and uh, can you dig it? Yeah. And then before I knew it, I started feeling like Jesus. Yeah, you had a you had a God complex. At yeah, some point. I started thinking, and I and I remember just it's hard to explain. Looking at the crowd, and the crowd was. The continents and all the people in the world. This is not crazy, by the way. You had an experience, a really, right, lucid. Yeah. Like experience where you were like, I know this is what's up. Yes. Like it's still like as affected me I to this it. day. Like, Dude, and you should understand that that's totally normal and that's great. And, uh, and then uh, I remember I just started thinking, we brokered world peace. <laughs> me and my friend... <laughs> We brokered world peace, and he was having a great time. And then, uh, and then started turning, and I was out of water. And oh, then no. I remember, th- and then I started thinking, uh, 
And then I remember shouting. I started thinking, what are they hiding us from watching this DJ? Whoa. I remember I started screaming. So it took a turn right yeah, here. Right they, here. They want us to look at this. Ah. What's over that way? That's awesome. <laughs> so you got into your own conspiracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then I said to my friend Ryan, I said, let's get some water. I needed water bad. <laughs> it sounds so like So we it. turned around, started walking towards towards the uh, to get water. And I remember lots of this stuff because it's come back to me. Absolutely. And so I remember Things thinking, tend, especially trauma tends to come back to you. I remember thinking we had broken world peace, and I was going to like people and going like, like that I had done it personally. Right. right. And I was going to people going, "You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Enjoy." Enjoy. Can you imagine being Jared, like driving there in his Subaru Outback with his bitch, like just being like, "What is this guy's I had a, deal?" I had a pilot's hat on with a scarf. Coming he was probably pilot. so scared of you. <laughs> Shout out to Jared, bro. It was okay, dude. And then uh, I just remember being like, "This is all yours. You're welcome. I did this for you." It's fucking awesome. And then uh, it's fucking awesome. And then the next thing I remember, I wake up in a hospital. Just like that. Just like that. And and sometimes it's just like that. Just like that. I have no <laughs> recollection of being woozy. No recollection of like, oh, I'm starting to fall a little bit. Like, it went from... Yeah, I've had a couple of those, man. To just... I where I've been up. like, what? And then, boom! All of a sudden, it's a different day. And yeah. you're like, no fucking way. And I woke up in the hospital. There was... It give you a panic when you woke up in the hospital? No. you all sedated? And I was still like high on acid. Zooted. You were still zooted. Okay. And then... Uh, I had all these, uh, I had all these IVs in me, and they just had me in the hallway. And I woke up, and I was strapped down to the gurney. Were thing. you coughed or something? No, they had just strapped me down because I guess I was like fighting them. They oh, said, "Bro." <laughs> so, you had lost a moment of memory, an understanding of what had happened. You woke up. This is like fucking straight X Men. You woke up. You didn't know what was going on. You were still a little fucked up. Yeah, it was still high. And, this was probably and where was this hour again? and a half later. Where was this again? I was in a hospital in downtown LA. I don't even know which one. Holy shit! Because like I'm sorry if that's the case. That being said, I let you know, and all the hard workers and first responders. That's not to you. It's just it's intense down there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Do you, was your friend there? Did somebody? Did you have somebody to contact, or did you? Well, I woke how did up it and work? I was like, it took me a minute. I'm like, why am I in the hospital? Right. And I was like, I remember thinking, did I have surgery? <laughs> like, and then and then like, you didn't think about that concert you went to with the DJ? No, it took me a while to remember that. And then oh, the ridiculous. nurses came over because I was waking up, and they were like, Oh, you're all right. You're all right. And then uh, I remember just being confused and being like, why am I here? Wow. And she goes, I don't know. She goes, you passed out or something? And then she was like, you were at a festival and you passed out or something? I was like, (laughs) oh. And then. uh, Did you have a lot of booze? Did you drink? No. Just the joint and the acid? I don't know if we did any booze. Crazy. He needed a drink of water for sure. That was clear. But. How I was able to piece things together afterwards, my friend came and picked me up from the hospital, was on the internet. <laughs> People were talking all about it so on the internet. So you caused a stir, bro. So yeah. the point the point is, is that you woke up, you didn't know what the fuck was going on, and suddenly it dawned on you with your phone that you had made an impact. Well, is that fair to say? I still was wondering... My friend didn't know any of this happened to me because we got separated. And oh. I was wondering. So I was wondering. I wanted to know what happened. Like, Of course. And I have all It's the, like every great hangover where you're like, what yes, happened? It was, it was exactly like that. Right. And then it was like little flashes would come back. Uh-huh. Where you were well, like, yeah, wait. I remember some I heard- guy telling me it's going to be all right. <laughs> and then. Um, That's never good. And then. You should never uh, want to hear that ever. So I was able to. I was able to piece this out on the internet on their like desert hearts or city hearts. Instagram, people that. were like, did you see that guy? Uh, 
talking about how he solved world peace and he was screaming at everybody. I love that he, so much. How he had brokered world peace and then... Because uh, it's not in a bad place. You didn't like cause a fucking problem. Do you understand? No, that? but that's what this guy said. And then, well, so I contacted the guy who said that. I said, hey man, that was me. <laughs> how did you contact him? On Instagram. Amazing. I sent a message. This is amazing. I know, this is amazing, right? Like <laughs> technology, man. So you and contact that guy, you were like, I that said, was hey, me. that guy you're describing, that was me. <laughs> and I go, what? I was like, I have so many questions of what happened. I was like, can you tell me what happened? He's like, you were going around. He's like, you were screaming. He's like, but you weren't, you weren't being aggressive or anything. He's like, but you were like screaming. Like, I can believe that. And then I remember, I re and then I, in my memories, I remember a wave of coolness coming over me at some point. Oh. And he goes, yeah, and then you bumped into some girl and she spilled her drink all over you. I'm like, oh, that's the wave of like coolness that I was remembering. Oh, no. And then he was like. Oh, no. Not coolness like fucking Fonzie. No. Coolness like cold. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, I think he was like, and then you just went down. <laughs> Damn. And I have no memory of that at all. Now, if, let's get to the photo. Okay. So then the next day, <laughs> I was with my then wife. She didn't go with me. And she was yes. just searching like the internet for the hashtag. And then she was like, I remember she goes, oh my God. She's like, look at this. This is, you've recovered at this point. Yes. This is like, this is like a day or two later. So, so this is, this is a couple of days. You've had time to recover. You, you've tried to piece as best a patchwork of the memories that you could. And then finally the, your, the, the wife at the time says, look, I've done the research. And this is what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. And I want you to show it to the camera, please. So this is a picture of me that was on the internet. Here, let me, you, can you, you mind if I... I'm just going to bring it up. Go ahead. It's a picture of me being carried out by two security guards at the... <laughs> and it kind of looks like I'm Jesus, but... <laughs> and then... Okay, okay, there you so go. Then when I you just wanted to show like everyone that. that. You're being, you're being, you're being handled out, but like, it doesn't look like it's not a violent, like dragon and, and you're not fucking no. punching anybody. That's what everyone was saying. They're like, you weren't violent at all. You were just, but like the fucking moment of you being dragged out of events. Like, but look at that anybody, face, man. That's you, It's like you're receiving it, it. You were receiving messages that were being transmitted to you. Yeah, that's from, what it looks like, and and it looks exactly like that. It looks like you're you're being it experiencing looks like, I think an exorcism. Jesus being carried out of some That's what it looks yes. like. Yes, and like they are violating your terms as Jesus. So then I remember, like, then little stuff starts coming Amazing. back to you. I remember, I remember two people grabbing my arms, and then I remember someone saying, "It's gonna be all right," and someone just like, "Walk, walk, you're gonna be fine." Walk. So you remember things start, like that. Stuff like that starts coming back. And then, I love how it's like just blackout style where it's just pieces of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's probably a great deal. Like, you know, they talk about like when a dose is real heavy, it's like, boy, oh, get ready. And so. I haven't done it since since then. Well, yeah, man. Come on. That's getting bucked <laughs> off the horse. That ain't even fair, Jack. But but I I really think the 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 you being backlit almost like it's 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 no it's it, this is a very Christian yeah, photo it is it's it a is. very Christian photo and and I and I'm so happy that you got to explain that story here today of you receiving a sort of a sort of message from God. What's funny is that my my friend and I we think of of framing this we have text messages from us from the day where it's like hey you want to go to the thing yeah i'll go what if you what are you gonna bring that, i want a copy so <laughs> i want one of those prints and, and then let it be known and then it's like you see our lead up to the concert then there's nothing and then it's like hey i'm in the hospital <laughs> i want that i want that photo framed and then underneath it the little like bracelet they give you in the hospital like perfectly framed underneath it you and then know? i remember calling calling the hospital I got an ambulance bill for like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, that isn't that dirty. But my my insurance paid for all of it. Sick, nice. And then, so I remember being like, I Just must have a hospital bill, right? And so I remember calling the hospital, 
And they're like, what's your name? I was like, I do I have a bill? You... I was in there. I love how you're playing detective on yourself. <laughs> they're like, what's your name? I was like, Jason. When were you in here? And I gave him the date. And then they were like, no, I don't see anything for you. And then she's like, what's your birth date? And I just hung up the phone. <laughs> I gotta go. But I was like in the hospital on IVs. They don't even have record of me. That's what's crazy, right? That's fucking freakish. But at the same time, I just listened to a dateline where they, this guy was not. It's the whole thing. So maybe the records aren't that great. But what is great, and this is my terrible segue to closing this show, is, is that you came on the show. That's what's great. Thank you so much for telling yeah, your story. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I really appreciate you. Please come back. Come on, don't be a dick. Um, I won't. You're, you have <laughs> you've never been a dick. Uh, thank you again, man. Yeah, thank uh, you. This has been Drew Stories Podcast, episode 20. Uh, I'm with Jason Palmer. Check him out, man. And uh, thank you so much for joining us.